0: The concept of self-love and women's empowerment is often overshadowed and can be cheapened by cheesy cliches. And yet it's more important than ever that we raise the voices of this new generation of women. And I'm always thrilled when I have an opportunity to partner with a male counterpart who is just as impassioned as I am about women's empowerment. And this week on the podcast, I'm chatting with Brad Walsh, the host of Empowerography Podcast, which is a podcast platform that believes in amplifying the voices of women. And Brad and I chat about the importance of empowering women to own their sensuality, embrace feeling powerful, body, soul, and spirit. And this is such an important topic when it comes to celebrating and empowering women. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower you to live bravely. Each week, we'll share solo episodes and conversations with amazing people who have been willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. With a blend of practical and spiritual advice, we'll help you take brave steps in your own life. Now, here's your host, mindset and confidence coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hey there, welcome to The Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp and I'm your host and I am thrilled that you are joining me today. We've got a great episode lined up for you, but before we get to it, I wanted to invite you to something that I am so thrilled to launch. It's called the Mindset Mentor Circle. It's a free community where we elevate our mindset so that we can elevate our impact in the world. And you know, there are often times when we find ourselves in positions where we're overthinking things, where we're stuck in those limiting beliefs, and I wanted to create a place, a community where we can come together and share maybe what we're struggling with so that we can actually start reframing those mindsets and taking brave steps in our lives. And it's going to be held every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to put the link in the show notes and you can connect with me and I will make sure that you get an invitation to our private Zoom room. My guest today is Brad Walsh, and he is a father, a husband, and he was really impacted and influenced by the women in his life, his mother, his grandmother, which is why he is so passionate about empowering women. He is also a boudoir photographer and the podcast host of Empowerography Podcast. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Brad Walsh. Brad, so excited to chat with you on the Courage Cast today. Thank you for coming on. I was on your show not that long ago, in Empowerography, and I am really, really excited to chat with you. So thanks for coming on and hanging out with me.
1: Andrea, thank you so much for the invite to to share a bit about my story and my journey with your plat on your platform, with your audience. I'm honoured and really excited to to be here with you today and share a bit about my story and journey this time. It's it's a little different being on the other side of the mic. <laughs> Isn't it though? <cool?
0: laughs>
1: it is, <laughs> as you just experienced recently with me. So yeah, it's a little trade-off here, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you get used to doing a certain thing and kind mm-hmm. of you know, a lot, being that mirror for other people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm stepping out and I'm now being seen. And, you know, and it, it is a little bit different. To, to, it is. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Now I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad. It's exciting. You know, when people, you know, take a look at your podcast that they'll see that it is really focused on women, which is yes. obviously why... You're on my show, but um, mm-hmm. one of the things that, you know, I've seen more in, in your Facebook group is you're kind of becoming a little bit more visible. And, yes. um, you know, this is kind of like a spoiler alert, people are gonna be like, okay, well, what is this all about? So we're just gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just tell us a little about who you are and who you serve. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my name is Brad Walsh. I am the host, creator, producer of the Empowerography podcast. Um, I started the podcast, geez, it'll be two years next month, actually. Um, And it's all centered around and focused on women's empowerment. And a big piece of that came to be, of course, because of COVID, Mm -hmm. but the inspiration behind it came from and through five women in my life, my daughters, my two daughters, who are now 20 and 22, they're a big part of the inspiration um, for that. And a big part of that piece of the puzzle or story is because of what my daughters went through when they were younger, when they were in elementary school, they were both bullied as kids in elementary school. And of course, as a parent, seeing your children go through something like that is difficult. And it was a really tough time to go through with them. And I mean, you unfortunately can't go in and beat the kids up for them and take care of the problem. (laughs) That would would be a bit of a problem. Um, But seeing what they went through and how they struggled through that and the effects that it had on them, And the fact that the effects carried through with them to the different stages of their lives, from elementary school to teenage, like high school years, and now their young adult lives, the effects are still there. It's heartbreaking and it's horrible. I mean, I was, as a kid, I was bullied as well, so I have an idea how they feel, but seeing them go through that. It's just, it's heartbreaking. And then thinking about that on a grander scale, the hundreds of millions of young girls and women who go through and deal with that on a daily basis and have it affect how they view themselves. So they don't feel confident in who they are. They don't love themselves. They don't love their bodies. It's, it's heartbreaking for me. So part of the inspiration for that, for the podcast was because of my daughters and then my wife, of course, um, And then my mom and my grandmother, I mean, I was, I grew up around women. I was raised by these two women. My mom left my biological father when I was 10 years old. And back in those days, the women were the ones who stayed home to raise and look after the children while the husband was the one out working, making the money. So looking back on that now, the fact that he ran around on her, had an affair and my mom had just hit that point where it's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. And my boys don't deserve it either. She decided that she was going to leave. And that's exactly what we did. She'd had enough. We, we took the clothes on our back. We left with just the clothes on our back and moved into a one bedroom apartment. My mom had to reintegrate back into the working world after being at a work for over 10 years, because she stayed home to raise us. And when she was at work, my grandmother would step in and help look after us and raise us. So for me, those two women are the foundation for all of it. I mean, they started this whole thing and they led by example, showing me what it is to be strong and courageous and resilient as women mm-hmm. by doing what they had to do to get stuff done. And I mean, my mom had no choice. She had to get a job. She had to support her children. So that strength and resilience that those two women, I wouldn't be the man I am today without those two. And then of course my wife and my daughters, these five women, they, I guess it's my way of saying thank you and giving back to women in general because of what these five women have brought to my life and shown me and taught me and given me. And that's why that's where the podcast idea came from.
0: You know, it's so interesting you say that because I had a mentor when I was a kid. I was nine years old and Rosanna uh, became my mentor. She was 14. So there's five years between us. Right. And she played a huge role in my life. And then from there on, there were many more women who came in my life. Now, I have a great Mm -hmm. mom. So, you know, I already had that piece. But, you know, when I talk to women a lot, you know, of course, we're thinking about, you know, these women in our lives that have mentored us. But Mm -hmm. I I often don't think about the boys
1: yeah, who, who yeah. Been, well, it, it's grew true. up with the it's moms, true. right? Like yeah. you don't yeah. think
0: about that. And, and no. unless you're in a relationship with a man that it's not good and you think, oh my gosh, I wonder what their relationship was like with their mother, you know, like, yeah. and it's a totally different story, you know, but these women are not just raising girls, they're raising boys too, mm-hmm. who are then... Yeah in relationship with women who are mm-hmm. working alongside women and if yeah. if that shifts even then that that makes a huge difference in the lives of women and how we work and how we do things in life so
1: for sure it's funny how that gets overlooked though you know really does it, it, the focus is on young girls and raising these young girls up to be strong and courageous yep. and resilient and and to not take shit from people, right? Exactly. And that's great. But the boys, yeah, they do get overlooked. And I mean, a big part, I think, is the societal conditioning for mm-hmm. boys, right? Boys are taught growing up, oh, you you shouldn't show your emotions. Or, yeah. they, you know, uh, if a boy's crying, oh, stop your crying. You're acting like a little girl. And, mm-hmm. it, That needs to shift. We need to shift that thinking for our boys too. They need to be shown and taught that, you know what, it's okay to show your emotions. It's okay to have emotions. You're a human being. You're going to have emotions and it's perfectly normal to show those emotions. Mm -hmm. If you feel like crying, cry. There's nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah. I I totally agree because I know, you know, for women, like, you know, we're girls, especially like in our generation, you know, growing up for, for women, it was like, you know, there was certain expectations for us and certain ways for us to be acting. And when I, when I showed up in, you know, in my life in a work environment, I had a really hard time because I was trying to uh, be feminine and I wasn't sure how to really use my masculine energy. Right. And I think it's, it's the opposite for, for men in the sense of Uh like, there's like this full on masculine energy, but there's this part of this feminine part of the men um, that they feel like, oh my gosh, if I show any kind of like sensitivity (laughs) or, you know, inclusion, then I'm not going to be, you know, um, a man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting, like, how, I mean, I didn't think we were going to talk about this today, but you know, here we are. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you think about your own journey and with, uh-huh. your, with your daughters, your wife, uh-huh. um, your mom and your grandmother, how uh-huh. have they informed who you are today?
1: I think it, well, I mean, it's obviously it started with my mom, my grandmother teaching me about respecting women back then, of course, at that age, respecting girls. And we were always told growing up, you know, be polite, respect your elders, respect girls, never, ever, ever lay hands on a girl. Mm -hmm. It's just these values that, that they instilled in me from a young age to always be respectful and treat everyone with respect and be fair to everyone. And so it all, I mean, it all started there and just women are just natural nurturers, nurturers. Mm -hmm. So that just, because I didn't really have a father around until my mom met a gentleman later on after she left my biological father then I had the father figure in there helping me as well but it was mainly my mom and my grandmother teaching me um and then of course watching my daughters grow up and seeing what they went through because obviously times have changed Mm -hmm. for kids since we were children and so just trying to instill those values in our girls that's something that my wife and I always worked on and and persisted with the girls is that you know don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do anything you can accomplish anything you are limitless put your mind to it and don't let anyone stop you don't let anyone keep you down don't let anyone tell and i think that i don't want to say girls need that more kids need that i think we need to start doing that with our children from a very young age so that they grow up that it's just naturally instilled in them Mm -hmm. it's not even a second thought if you tell someone something enough whether it be negative or positive, they're going to start to believe it. Yeah. So if we started to do that with our children at a young age, telling them that, you know, you are an amazing human being, you can do anything you want, you are limitless, you, you know, instilling those confidence, that, that confidence in those values, they'll just grow up not knowing any different.
0: And I think even, you know, as I'm thinking about, like, uh, I grew up with really supportive parents, but Mm -hmm. I didn't hear words like that. Like I didn't hear, I I almost heard things that were just almost a little bit more fear based in the sense of like, you know, make sure you get a good job so you can take care of yourself. It's, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's all in like in, uh, they of course wanted to support me and make sure that I'm okay by saying, make sure you do this and this, but not like you know, take a risk and, you know, go for it and do the thing you want to do. And, and I think that, you know, having that kind of, uh, support system, especially for y- young, young people, mm, yeah. whether they be male or female to yeah. know that you can do anything like right now, the Olympics is are on, right? I love the yeah. Olympics. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think about all of those Olympians and how, you know, they are pushing the boundaries of sport, of athleticism, of, you know, creativity. And I think if they stopped, you know, to just go, I wonder, you know, like, here's the cap, you know, I better not go any further than that. Where would they, you know?
1: Yeah. Where would they be?
0: Yeah. And that's available to everybody.
1: Yeah. You know, though, I think that I like what you said about when you were growing up too, because we're of the same generation. Mm I don't think that our parents thought, I think that was just part of the conditioning of that generation. It wasn't because my parents didn't say, oh, you know, you can do anything you want. Don't yeah. You don't have to get a secure, if you want to start to do it. No, it wasn't like that. It was, you got to get a secure job, mm-hmm. but they were supportive. It's just, yeah. I think it's a different time, right? Yeah. Whereas now, I mean, the internet and, and technology has opened up so much in the world. You. You can do anything. Never, I've heard many people say this is the greatest time ever to be alive because you can start a business from home. You can work online. And, and COVID has shown us that as well, that, you know what, we don't need to stick to those old values and restraints and constraints. We can work from home. The world is shifting.
0: Yeah, right? absolutely. It's changed. And, and I love that you are championing women in that. Brad, tell me a little bit about how you started your photography business. I am so fascinated um, by your photography business and how you took that and then merged it into a podcast.
1: Well, photography that that I would have to say, that's my first love and my first passion. I mean, I started shooting back in high school on black and white film. I'm dating myself here (laughs) on black and white film, learning how to develop images in the dark room. So and the funniest thing about all of the, the whole photography piece of it is that I never ever wanted to photograph people. I had no interest whatsoever. Um, I was more into shooting landscapes and architecture and creating my art and, and selling it, exhibiting my art Had art shows. I was doing art shows around Toronto. And so photography has been a huge part of my life forever. Um, and I I guess, I mean, I started working in corporate. Um, I worked for an accounting firm for 12 and a half years. And about three years, four years into my journey, into that, my career, I was, to put it politely, tasked with the responsibility of doing the headshots for the corporate staff. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where I fell in love with photographing people. I loved having that one-on-one time where I could connect with individuals and learn a bit about who they are and what they do and just have that connection piece with them and that's really where my love for photographing people started Um, and then about three or four years following that I was introduced through a mutual friend to a boudoir photographer who was based in Florida and I fell in love with the genre I fell in love with the message the mission and behind boudoir photography what you can help women accomplish in terms of self-confidence and body acceptance and self-love and all of that amazingly beautiful stuff and i ended up mentoring with this woman for six months and when i was done my mentorship it was just one of those light bulb moments i just knew that when i do finally leave corporate because at that point, I was starting to think, okay, I've got to get out of this job. I wasn't happy where I was working. I hated going to work every day. All I could think about was photography and starting my business and getting out into the world of of entrepreneurship. And I mean, albeit, it took me another six years before I made that jump and got the courage and the strength up to do it. But I eventually did it. And uh, I delved into the world of boudoir photography and women's empowerment. That's where my whole journey into women's empowerment started was through the photography piece of that. Mm -hmm. And I just loved being able to give back in that way and have that kind of impact on women and on human beings for that matter with this genre of photography. I mean, I had women... Uh, my goal was to have the women that were coming in as my clients to leave the studio feeling better about themselves than when they got there. And honestly, Andrea, it's like, it's hard to explain. It's honestly, it's, uh, I can only equate it to, seeing a a caterpillar transform into a butterfly right before your very eyes, the the transformation that happens right there that unfolds before you as a photographer, you can't even put it into words, how incredibly rewarding and inspiring and amazing that feels to be able to be part of that process and to have these women's lives changed Mm -hmm. is just phenomenal. And women have come into viewing sessions after their shoot and told me that they can't believe that's them in the photographs. And honestly, there is no bigger or better compliment I could ever be paid as a photographer or as an artist to hear and know that I have had that kind of impact on another human being and give it back in that way. And that's what it's all about for me is having that impact and having these women leave the studio feeling better than when they arrived, loving themselves and feeling a little bit more confident. They leave with a, a little bit more of a pep in their step yeah. when they leave the studio. It's a great feeling, truly. It's yep. amazing.
0: Uh, you know, it's so funny cause like I, I just got some, um, photos done back uh-huh. in the fall, like when the leaves yeah. were changing, I actually went to Toronto and my friend Margot does my, my photos there Right. and, um, I wasn't particularly feeling my best. Like, yeah. you know, I've had, had a little bit of COVID weight gain and, you know, all the right. things and, um, I, you know, got some outfits and did all the stuff, uh-huh. and then I went and did the the shoot. And of course, she sends it to me. She sends all the proofs to me, and I'm like, wow, like she really does make me look good. You know, like you yeah. have this moment, and and I've been thinking about it for some time about uh-huh. you know this. I mean, I'm 47, so uh-huh. you know the thought of maybe doing a boudoir. Uh photography shoot is like, oh my goodness, like, is this the time that I would do that? Why didn't I choose 27? You know, (laughs)
1: like,
0: (laughs) but I want to know behind the, like, what is the shift? Like, what is happening for women when they're coming in and doing that? Because, um, like, I know how I felt when I saw Mm -hmm. the, the photographs, but like, you know, I talk with women all the time about you know, their Mm -hmm. mindset and confidence and showing up with confidence. But what is that like kind of physical visceral thing that's happening when they're coming in and doing that?
1: I I think it does. A lot of it goes back to confidence. I mean, I have to say my process, I do um, pre-shoot consultations with my clients Um, we talk and an open line of communication is always there between myself and my clients to discuss if they have questions, if they want to know anything Mm -hmm. between the time of initial contact to when we shoot, I want to keep that line because let's be honest, you're, you're in a very vulnerable
0: state, right? So
1: I, of course, trust and, and rapport is of paramount, importance when you're choosing a photographer to shoot this particular genre of photography. So I think that keeping that open line of communication open is very important Mm -hmm. because I want them to feel comfortable. I want us to have a rapport already established before we even set foot in the studio. This way they get an idea of who I am, what I'm like, what I'm about. And so, I mean, there's many reasons why women do them. Celebration. Um, I've had clients that are celebrating birthdays and You know, or they've lost weight, or but I do find, or I have found that some women are nervous or scared about doing it, and then the self-limiting stuff starts to come in, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I need to lose five pounds before I do a shoot, or I need to lose ten pounds, or let me, I gotta, I gotta work out for a few months before we get. And I always try to instill into my clients that no, I don't, I. I think that we should be celebrating you, who you are right now. If you want to do another shoot later on, great. But why don't we celebrate who you are now? Embrace that beauty. Embrace your confidence. Embrace yourself and just love who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's a very difficult thing. Self-love and self-worth. And that's all part of the process, right? So those are all factors that contribute to that. Um, It's just an incredible thing to witness. I, I honestly, there aren't enough words to describe how incredible that process is! I mean, some of the shoots I've had clients where they, of course, they come in, and understandably so, they're very nervous and mm-hmm. and closed off.
0: Oh, and I'm just imagining me walking in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I would be like laughing and giggling and like, you know, and that's that, the whole that's what I want day. it to be. Exactly, yeah. it's got
1: to be fun. That's what I try and do too yeah. is keep the atmosphere very fun and laid back and loose and happy. And I mean, I help them choose outfits. Um, really? When we're there, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, 100. Okay, I, I was like, guide.
0: that was my other question. Like, how the how the heck do you even find what to wear? Or like, I mean, yeah, I
1: have I have a guide yeah. that I send out to all my my clients that's got suggestions. um I create. I have a Pinterest board created with ideas for outfits. But one thing I have to stress too, and I do this with all my potential clients on the discovery calls that. Linge, uh, boudoir is not necessarily synonymous with lingerie. You don't have to wear lingerie. If you don't feel comfortable in that, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. If you want to wear cut-off jeans, cut-off shorts and, and a tank top and a t- or a T-shirt, that's fine. It's about whatever makes you feel beautiful whatever makes you okay. feel sexy whatever makes you feel empowered that's what it's about it's not about lingerie it, i mean let's be honest 95% of my clients that's what they want they want to wear lingerie during their shoot but yeah. it's not a necessity it is absolutely not a necessity
0: and i can see the value for like you know you know for women when i think about like okay lingerie like i'm like i don't know that i would want to show i mean some women have no problem showing yeah. Yeah. Um, f- photographs online and whatever yeah. of them. I'm like, I don't know, like that's part of my business. I'm like, do I want to be putting that out there? But I'm like, there's part of it that I would want to be able to show. So it's, it's mm-hmm. I'm glad that you say that because I also think that the empowerment comes from owning that part of yes. your sexuality. 100%.
1: Um.
0: Can you speak yeah. to that a little bit?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, again, this is this is part of the whole process beforehand is that again explaining about you not having to wear this or wear that and I tell the women to bring as many outfits as possible, mm-hmm. this way we, if we have, we have choices. So that's what I'm saying. I will help them choose outfits before we start shooting. Yeah. Say okay, let's try this, and you know, let's try something. And another thing that I tell my clients too is that I, I will never ever publish any images without their written consent. Of course. Yeah. And this another major thing that I tell my clients too is one of the first questions I ask them is why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do a boudoir shoot? And I've had clients tell me that, well, you know, I'm doing this for my husband or my wife or whatever the case may be in them. And it not, I try to enforce that. Okay. That's great that you're doing that for them. But first and foremost, this is about you. It's not about them. It's for you, right? If you want to gift the images to your better half, whether it be husband, wife, whatever the case is, that's great. But Mm -hmm. first and foremost, let's focus on you. This is a celebration of you, not them. That's it, right? I mean, yeah. that's the most important part is that we get that down and settle that this is for you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about them. And honestly, the images are just a byproduct of the shoot. It's really about the experience. That's what it's about, is the experience of being photographed and feeling beautiful and feeling empowered and feeling sexy and feeling good about yourself. That's what it's about. The You're images are it. just a byproduct.
0: I'm signing up. But I don't even know. <laughs> i was like all right where do i sign
1: gladly no problem i will gladly do a shoot for you no problem at all
0: you know because uh i'm thinking about like even when i did the the shoot with uh, my friend margo yeah the more we did it Mm -hmm. the more comfortable i became yes and like she like show me the camera She like hey look at this one and and like oh like you know, Yes.
1: And that's that's something that I do constantly. Yeah. I'm constantly showing them the back of the camera because you, my clients are surprised. there. You're yeah, surprised. Yeah. But they're there and they're wondering, because I know there are photographers who don't do that. Yeah, And I can't even imagine, the clients must be thinking, well, are we getting anything good? Is any of this material usable? And so I'm constantly showing them the back of the camera. And it's funny that you mentioned that by the end of the shoot, you're feeling this whole freedom. Oh, and and yes. that's happened, I don't know how many times where we've gotten to the point, like I said, they walk in, they're very closed and nervous, which understandably so. Mm -hmm. But by the end, near the end of the shoot, I'm like, okay, we're done. I think we've got everything we need. We're wrapped. Oh, I was just really getting into this. I was really starting to enjoy this. And that's incredible to hear that because that's when you know that they're leaving that studio with a pep in their step. They're leaving feeling so much better than when they got there. And that's what it's about.
0: Mm -hmm. I have, I feel a, a visceral, like, response right now. Like that is how I I'm like okay, yeah. Because as much I when I started doing mindset and confidence coaching, like I really do believe, you know, like if we shift the the stories and the narrative about what we believe to be true about ourselves and we step uh-huh. into our power, how, you know, we can really impact whomever we are serving, whatever Absolutely. community that is. But I guess the more I understand body soul spirit, and realizing how important all the aspects of us are as mm-hmm. women, you know, there is the mind and there is the soul component, but there's also the body. And, yeah, and we put a lot of emphasis on, okay, well, what do we eat and how yeah. much are we working out? And, you know, uh, more and more I'm seeing these coaches, you know, who are pleasure coaches and doing all these things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and some of it people can be like yeah i can get on board with that and some people are like yeah, yeah. i don't know you know yeah. but i think there's this importance of this element of empowering women or allow mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing we can be empowered yeah. but when we we empower ourselves yes. that is when the shift happens
1: that's right and, and it's like
0: you know someone can set the stage for women mm-hmm. to be empowered you can yeah. As, you know, you know, host of a, of a podcast, photography, I can as a coach, but it's really the shift that she makes in her mind, in, in, in her body, in her spirit, in every way that empowers her to actually take those, those steps.
1: Absolutely. Well, until, until the particular person feels it within them, Yeah, it doesn't. And this is something that we struggled with my wife and I, with our daughters um, after the bullying. I mean, we continually reinforced with, with behavior and talk about, you know, we understand how difficult that, that period was that you went through, but don't let the words of these people get in here and affect yeah. how you view yourselves. And, and my wife and I talked about this many, many times is, we can tell the girls till we're blue in the face how beautiful we think they are how perfect they are it does not matter Mm -hmm. if they themselves don't feel that within them it doesn't matter what anybody says not even their parents it doesn't matter no i mean that's not to say give up and don't keep reinforcing and don't keep telling them but it does not unless they feel it it doesn't matter and it's the same thing with empowered empowerment if if a woman does not feel that It doesn't matter. She has to feel that within herself.
0: And you know, you you're talking about your daughters who, you know, are mm-hmm. now in their twenties, but yeah, you know, as as older as the older we get really Um, there's so many women who I talk to who are, you know, in relationships or married and they, they tell me, you know, in whether it's in a conversation as a friend or as a client, they're like, you know, in my marriage, things are not going well. I don't feel like, you know, I can be myself. I'm, you know, uh, maybe they're, they're, they're really not having that intimacy that they would desire and they don't feel like how they want to feel. And I think all of that, you know, comes from this uh, understanding of who you are. And if we're relying on someone to tell us who we are, oh, you are beautiful or, uh, you know, it's like, I'm glad that you think that. That's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: it's it. There's such a difference when, you know, she shows up and is like, yeah, I feel it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all goes back to self, right? Self-work. You have to put in the work. You have to dig deep and, and learn to love yourself that everything, absolutely everything begins with self. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the basis for all of it. That's the foundation.
0: Now when you, so here you were, you were doing photography and Mm -hmm. then with the podcast, how did that kind of all get started?
1: Well, (laughs) um, the initial start of the podcast, um, came as a result of me sitting around thinking that I want to do more with this mission of women's empowerment that I'm on because of the photography. Mm -hmm. I wanted to supplement or add something to it. Didn't feel like it was enough for me. And so I just, I thought, I'm was thinking about it. I had thought about doing a podcast for a while, but I had no idea what the hell I would talk about. And of course, imposter syndrome creeps in as like, well, who the hell am I to have a podcast? Who's going to want to listen to what I have to say? What do I have a value to offer people? And through more thinking about it. And then I thought I had another one of those light bulb moments where I thought, why don't I take or spin off what I'm doing with a photography where it's focused on women and focus a podcast solely on women, women who work in the entrepreneurial space or women who work in the corporate world or women that have a story that they want to share. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to about seven or eight friends of mine, women who were photographers, makeup artists at the time. This was back in 2019. And I explained a little bit about my idea and the platform and what I wanted to do with it and asked them if they would help me get it off the ground by letting me interview them they all agreed. So I I started my mission. I created, I did the interviews, I created the content and I I started publishing episodes. I was publishing, I think at the time it was about one episode every two weeks. So not a lot of content because I didn't have a lot, but I thought I just want to get started. Excuse me. And so I started publishing the episodes and At that point, I was in my second year full-time at the photography business, and the business started to pick up traction. I was getting more bookings and more inquiries, and I thought, you know what? I've got to, because the business is so new, I have to shift and focus my energy and time and effort into that full-time and and not be distracted by other things. So I did that, and went back to the business, fast forward to March of 2020. And well, we all know how (laughs) that that played out. (laughs) (laughs) That basically rendered my photography business. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't book shoots and it was inoperable. So I got tired of hearing all the bitching and whining and complaining about what was going on in the world. And I just thought, you know what? I can't, I can't get into that. I can't go down that dark hole. And why don't I take advantage of this time that every single one of us as humans has been given on this face, of the earth and do something good with it, do something positive. And so I thought this is the perfect opportunity. I can reignite the podcast and put all of my energy and all of my creativity and focus. I mean, I had to do something creative because I couldn't use my creativity to shoot. So I thought I've got to do something else. And so the podcast just I thought I've got to do this now. This is the perfect time. And so I started reaching out to women on Instagram and Andrea, the response was incredible. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Women were so happy to hear that a man had created a platform like this to Mm -hmm. help elevate women and amplify their voices. And at the time I thought, you know, there's a ton of women out there with empowerment podcasts. And I, I think that's great. That's awesome. But there are no men out there doing this. So this is the perfect opportunity for me to carve out my own little niche that I can grow and expand and, and blow up into the world and share this mission. And that's really how it was born, I guess. Reborn, we'll call it.
0: Yeah, no, it's so cool. Um, and, you know, I got to be a guest on it, which is also very cool. So, um, I will link in the show notes, um, that episode, um, as well when that comes out. And, um, you're also doing some, some new things, you know, that are kind of like spinoffs of the podcast. So tell us a little bit about that too.
1: Yeah. So, um, last year, Well, I mean, my my ultimate goal for this platform, I'll start there, is to turn this into an in-person women's empowerment conference that travels around the world. That's where I see this thing going. Mm -hmm. That's how big I'm thinking with this platform. And thank you. And so last year started by putting on the first Um, for Empowerography, the first Women's Empowerment virtual conference. We held it on March 8th to celebrate International Women's Day last year. We had 24 women that spoke at the conference. We had sponsors who donated prizes and gifts to give away to the attendees. We gave away prizes leading up to the conference. And it was just an absolutely incredible day. It was a range of emotions, laughter, tears, happiness. It, it was just amazing. I had women messaging me and emailing me at the end of that week, asking me to do it on a quarterly basis because they enjoyed the day so much. There was so much energy and inspiration from all of the speakers. And so we thought, you know, we we'll have to do it again next year. So this year, of course, we're putting on Empowerography Live 2022, mm-hmm. another virtual online uh, women's empowerment conference on March 8th, again, to celebrate International Women's Day. We have 28 women speaking this year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's running from 9.30 AM to 5.30 PM. For the last hour of that conference, from 4.30 to 5.30, we're doing what we're calling a virtual happy hour, where we are bringing anyone who's left on the conference, be it attendees, speakers, into the lobby on Zoom. And just a networking session. You can chat with each other and connect with one another. Tickets are only $20 Canadian, so $16 for our U.S. folks down, down beneath us. Yeah. Um, and then I started something a few months back, the end of last year, called the Empowerment Network. And what that is, is virtual networking sessions for women. Um, we ha- They're held every third Thursday of the month from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern tickets for that are $20 Canadian. Again, for three sessions, you get to attend three networking sessions. So four and a half hours of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, Each session kicked off with two women who are part of the network speaking and sharing about who they are and what they do for the first 20 minutes of the session. Mm -hmm. And then for the last hour and 10 minutes of the session, what we do is we create breakout rooms in Zoom and we put two women into each room to network with each other for 12 minutes. When they're done, when those rooms are expired, we bring everyone back into the lobby, put you back into another room with a different woman to network. You get about between five and seven rounds of networking. So you get to meet five to seven women each session.
0: Cool. And, um, very cool. Yeah. It's been,
1: yeah, it's been really good. It's been received very well. The women are really enjoying it, having a good time. Yeah. Lots of laughs, lots of fun. So it's good.
0: That's amazing. Well, we'll, we'll put that in there as well, because I know Thank that you. there's so many women who are, you know, just looking for that support, that networking, that yeah community, you know, I yeah. mean I think we'd all love to have the in-life real community at this yes, point but absolutely. we'll take what we'll take what we can get at. This. Well, well
1: we'll get to that step that's coming yeah. don't worry we I want to do masterminds and and retreats and in-person networking events and things like that. So that'll that'll come down the road as we get clear of all of this that's going on.
0: That's exciting. Well yeah. I I am so Excited that we had an opportunity to meet and, you know, to collaborate with one another Mm -hmm. and for me to hear your story and your journey. Where can people find you and how can they connect with you?
1: They can find me at... Empowerography Podcast on Instagram. Uh, I have a website, www.empowerographypodcast.com. Basically, those two places. And then, of course, we have the podcast, the Empowerography Podcast Lounge on Facebook, a private group for women to interact and connect with one another. We have about 750 members in there, and that is Empowerography Podcast Lounge on Facebook.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll make sure all that is in the show notes for people to connect with you. Thank you so much. Um, look forward to like more collaborations. Who knows what's yes. in store for us, Brad. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Andrea, thank you so very much. It's been an absolute pleasure being able to sit down and be on this side of the mic and share my story and journey with you. I thank you and appreciate you for the opportunity. Anytime. It's been amazing. Thank you.
0: I love chatting with men who are so passionate about empowering women. I think that it's so important when we are taking brave steps in our own lives that we have people who come alongside of us and I think of my friend Steven who has been part of the podcast for so long. He edits, he does all the original music and he And his wife and his daughter, um, they're all about empowering women. And I love that he is part of this journey with me. So to all of the men out there who are so passionate about linking arms with us, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, Brad is also hosting a conference that is upcoming. So I'll make sure that I put all the links for that in the show notes so that you can access that conference that is coming up on March 8th. And friend, make sure that you reach out to me to get the link to the Mindset Mentor Circle that we are starting every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'd love to connect with you over there and get to know you a little bit better. Friend, thank you for hanging out with me today. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely.